Well, I don't, I don't think you would have known what I was preaching this morning, whoever chose the songs. No. So, and I, I just think it was really quite amazing that the songs on certain ones was just, to me, it was like it was just speaking through what I'm going to speak this morning. So, good choice of songs. So, and this morning I'm going to, I want to talk, I really want to come along parallel to, to Jeff's last two messages that he's spoken on unforgiveness. Um, and I actually want to talk about. Well, I'll tell you in a minute. Jeff actually shared, one of the scriptures he shared a couple of weeks ago was from Colossians 3, verse 13. And part of that, it it says, bearing with one another and forgiving one another, as if, if anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you must do also. So I was preparing for my connect group the following day. I'm thinking, okay, how can I use this? What, what thoughts can I bring? Um, we're going to discuss, you know, what we've heard. But I then started to read from verse 12. And this is where I felt God really dropped something into my heart. And it says, Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, and then bearing with one another. And it goes on to that next verse. But the very first thing Paul instructs us to do is, because Paul wrote this, under the inspiration of God. But the very first thing he instructed us to do was to put on tender mercies. It's interesting that this is the very first thing, because the tender mercies of God are incredible. I've been looking over these the, the, over this last week or two, and I have just been so blessed and, and just as I've been reading up about things, um, it's like, it's, it's like I've, I've known it, but it's become more real than ever before in my life. The Hebrew word for mer- mercies is rasham. I don't know whether I pronounced that right, but it's rasham. And it means a deep compassion, a love, a deep inside, really deep inside. And mercy, I believe, lies at the very heart of God. It's right in his very core. It's, what, it's who he is. He's a merciful God. And dealing with sin was something he threw his very heart into. If we think, if we go back into Genesis and we think, okay, what happened in Genesis? God created Adam and Eve. He put his life into them. He created a garden, a world, animals, everything. He made everything for them, for them to have a really blessed life. He gave them one thing that they weren't meant to do because he wanted to make sure they had a choice. And he put a tree there and he said, do not eat from that tree because if you eat from that tree, your spirit inside you, that very life that I have placed inside you is going to die. God didn't make human beings as robots. He didn't make them to love him. He could have, but actually, any of you that have got children, you know if, if your children are made to love you, it loses its meaning. It doesn't have that impact, that, that meaning it's meant to have. God gave mankind a decision and a choice, and he gave them that because he wanted to have people in his life that would love him for who he is. 
We know the story that Adam and Eve sinned, they ate of the tree, their spirit died. Which ultimately meant when they died physically, they were not going to end up in heaven. They were not going to spend eternity with God. So God had to come up with a plan. And I think as I've, I've been reading about this, and the more I've looked at it, the more I thought, this is just incredible. This is the merciful heart of God. You know, some people have this picture of God as being this, this God that beats people around the head when they do things wrong. He's harsh, that, you know, he'll make you sick or he'll make you poor just to teach you things. That's not the God I serve. And that's not the God in the Bible. There's a lot of things in the Old Testament that we can read and think, well, that's harsh. But actually, if we really look at it and we see it, those people that God had to deal with still had a choice to come to him. And there's many examples when people did come to him, like Rahab, who I spoke of a few weeks ago, who was of the enemy of um, the nation of Israel, yet she decided she wanted to follow God, and God made her part of his plan. God's heart is a, God, a heart of absolute mercy. And when we look at what God did for mankind and we can see it threaded through the bible how he made a way he had a plan he made a way that he could make sure that there could be sin forgiven and his plan was jesus and he covered everything there was not one little bit of detail that was lost in that plan Everything was covered. You know, he didn't just do it so that we, you know, Jesus took that penalty. He hung on that cross. He didn't even look like a man when he hung on that cross. Now, what that looks like, I wouldn't want to see. But that's what he went through. That's what he suffered so that we could be forgiven. But you see, in that, he didn't just do it so that we could be forgiven, so that we say, okay, God, we accept you as our Lord and Savior. We, we, we trust that you've done what you've done for us. Now we can go to heaven. He didn't just do it so that is all that we could have. He did it so that we could have a blessed life here on earth, that we could live in health. We could see our needs met. We could be a blessing in other people. He covered every detail that we need. He covered it all. Do you know, he gave us his word. And he covered, you know, even I read something I read the other day as I was looking up at stuff this. You know, even simple things like, but what about the sinner that's done so many things wrong? I mean, some vile things. What about him? But you know, God even covered that. He said, do you know what? Though your sins may be red like scarlet, I shall make them white as snow. He covered everything, even those that may feel like they've done too much. It's not possible to receive the love of God, the mercy of God. He covered everything, and every detail in here is, was a plan of God. It's his mercy. It was his heart. When we, when we look at the word rasham, the original in the Hebrew actually means womb. And I think what's trying to be expressed here is that of a, a woman that when she has a child, that woman is protective of that child and will fight for that child. But this isn't just a, um, um, a feeling that comes to women. This is a man thing as well. This is what God has put in men and women. Because you can, I can guarantee you that 
if you ever wanted to see the fierce side of my husband, then you touch my children. <laughs> you attack them. And they're naturally speaking, I'm talking about physical. In the spiritual realm, we deal with the spiritual realm in the spiritual realm, <laughs> in the spiritual way. But physically, my, my, I know my husband would be there and he would fight, fight for them because he loves them and he's passionate about them and his heart is passionate. But God put that in us when we came to know him as our Lord and Savior, when we accepted him, he put that love inside us. And that's how we're meant to, to love others. He put that in mankind to love their children, to be, love people, to be passionate about them. And I want to look at some examples in the Bible where that heartfelt, that deep feeling inside comes through and really shows and we'll look at, look at the first scripture is 1 Kings 3 verse 26. Now, this is not a nice story in that sense. Um, it's two women. They're both prostitutes. And they both become pregnant. Both have their babies. They're both living in the same home. They obviously sleep with their babies in their bed. So one woman sleeps and lays on her baby. And it dies. So she wakes up, so she goes, she finds her baby. She then goes and takes the other baby, the live one, puts it next to her, and puts the dead one next to the other mother. In the morning, they wake up, and the real mother looks at her child and realizes it's not her child. So they go to Solomon. Now, Solomon is the most, was the most wisest man on earth. God had blessed Solomon, King Solomon, with absolute wisdom that has never been seen since. And so these two women go to Solomon, King Solomon, and say, look, need your help. This is what's happened. And in the story, it says how one woman says, no, it's my child. And the other woman said, no, it's my child. And it's back and forth, back and forth like this. Well, Solomon's like, okay, I know how to solve this. It's not nice, sorry, kids. <laughs> we got a sword. Divide. You have half each. It's horrendous, isn't it? He wouldn't have done it. But actually, what he was trying to trying to prove, who was the real mother? And this is what it says in 1 Kings 3, verse 26. Then the real mother spoke to the king, for she yearned with compassion for her son and said, Oh my Lord, give her the living child, and by no means kill her. See, this is a compassion. You can see it in the real mother, the compassion, that absolute, don't you dare, don't, don't kill them. Give her. She was willing to have the other lady look after her child just to keep it alive. God's heart for us is so passionate. So passionate. You know, the words of that song, um, no shadow you won't light up, no mountain you won't, sorry, no shadow you won't climb up, no mountain, sorry, no shadow you won't light up, no mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. That's what God does. He climbs up every mountain. He lights up every shadow. He'll break down every wall. He'll tear down every lie just to get to you just to get to those that you love, that you care about. Is this coming off my ear? I thought it would do. Sorry. So, I'll let you sort that while I carry on. You know, Isaiah, in the book of Isaiah, in Isaiah 49, 15 to 16, and left my ear sticking out of you. <laughs> 
So, but in Isaiah 49, 15 to 16, it says, Can a woman forget her nursing child and not have compassion on the son of her womb? Surely they may forget, yet I will not forget. See, I have inscribed you on the palms of my hands. This is our God. If a mother is in the rarity, able to forget her children. God is saying, I will never forget my children. I will never give up on my children. I will always make sure that my children are there for, I'm there for my children. God loves you so much. And he wants you to know that is his heart towards you. Genesis. We're going to look at Genesis 43, verse 30. In this scripture, this is where it comes across as a man. And we see the heart of a man. Now, Joseph, Joseph had, um, Joseph's father, Jacob, married two women. And one had lots of children. The other didn't. Um, and eventually, the, um, the one woman, the one wife, she had to manage to have two children. Now, this is after all the other sons from the other woman had been born. But you see, Jacob loved Joseph of the one woman, Rachel, more than he did of the, the other woman. Sorry, I'm not explaining this very well. <laughs> okay. So you've got two families, two, one, two, two lots of boys, one of one woman and a load from the other. But the father didn't love these ones as much as he loved this one. And the sons knew it. And it's so wrong when that happens in a family. But the sons knew that they were not favored, that Joseph was favored. And so Joseph's brothers decided one day that they were going to kill him. And um, the older brother thought, well, actually, this isn't really a good thing to do. We shouldn't really do this. So um, they sold him into slavery, and most of you know the story, sold him into slavery. I'm not sure how long it was from when the scripture that I'm going to read to you and from when he was actually sold. I believe he was about 17 years old, and I've got a feeling it was about 13 years' journey until this happened. Um, But obviously there became a famine in the land of where Joseph's family were. Joseph was put into position after lots and lots of really being mistreated. Joseph was eventually brought up into a position of literally next to Pharaoh, King Pharaoh, because he'd been faithful and God moved him into a place where he needed to be. And although there was a famine in Joseph's family's life, um, they had to come to, to Egypt to get food. But when they came to Egypt, they had to face Joseph. They didn't know it was Joseph. But this is what I think is so beautiful. And again, this just shows the heart, again, of this yearning that men and women can have. Neither are excluded. And it says in Genesis 43:30, now Joseph's heart yearned for his brothers. So Joseph made haste and made haste and sought sought somewhere to weep, and he went into his chamber and wept there. You see, Joseph hadn't revealed himself to his brothers, but his heart longed 
for them, especially his younger brother. His heart longed and yearned for him. And the reason I'm using these scriptures is because if this isn't in the heart of people in the Bible, men and women, this is what God has put in their heart. It's that natural yearning. But it's a God thing. It's what is in the very core of God's heart. Tender mercy, compassion, love, wanting to forgive. I know what that feels like. You know, when my children got married, um, left home, got married, I, I feel very blessed that my children are close and I get to see them regularly. But when Sam left and went up north, it was a different situation because even though I know he would come back, I knew there'd be weeks and weeks, eventually months, and in a couple of years' time, there'd be two years where he goes abroad for two years. But when we take him to the train station, and I'm fine, everything's fine, we're chatting with him, but as soon as that train comes and I see that train pull in, my heart drops and I get so much pain inside, and I flood in tears, and I hold him, and I hold him as close as I can, because I know it's going to be weeks before I see him again. That's my heart. I'm a human being. God put that in me. But this is the very heart of God, his compassion for his children. Each one of you here, each situation that you represent in your world, he cares deeply about everyone, absolutely everyone. There's not one detail that he doesn't know about, not one hurt, not one situation, not one failing, not one detail at all that he doesn't know about and doesn't care. He absolutely cares. Sorry, I can't get hold of my paper. I believe mercy is at the very heartbeat of God. It is his very heartbeat. It is what he, he is. He's a merciful God, and we can see that how he sent Jesus because he was not going to have mankind not be able to spend eternity with him. So he sent Jesus And he had that compassion and he had that love. God yearns for people. He yearns for each of you. He yearns for those that have walked away and aren't in church at the moment. He yearns for those who are our family members that aren't here, that we want to see saved. And he wants us to have that yearning for them. He wants us to draw right from inside Not when a situation happens, not when, you know, like Sam goes away and that that yearning starts. No, he wants us to draw from inside that compassion, that love, that absolute, I want to reach out, I want to touch, I want to to be able to speak into the world of of people's worlds and, and touch them with the love of God. He wants us to do this. And we can see this in Jeremiah 31, 20. Um, It's talking about Ephraim. Now, apparently, Ephraim is a type of Israel. But Ephraim had actually turned away from God. But this was what God's heart was towards Ephraim. And it says in verse 20, Is Ephraim my dear son? Is he a pleasant child? For though I spoke against him because of his sin, I earnestly remember him. Therefore, my heart yearns for him. I will, I, will show, I will surely have mercy on him, says the Lord. So this is an, a, a people that have gone away from God. 
and they sinned. Do you know God's heart is still, I want them back. They're my children. I want them back. And do you know, God feels that for every person outside that is not saved. He wants them to come into his family because his heart is a heart of absolute love. If we've accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we have that inside us. We have God's compassion. We have that love inside us. And we need to draw on it for each other. We need to be it for each other. When one is hurting, we need to be there for them. But we need to be there for those outside as well. You know, it says in the Bible, in Matthew 5, 7, it says, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. We want to obtain that mercy as well. So we need to be merciful. Just as to be forgiven, we need to forgive. It's a requirement. It's actually a requirement, which actually is quite a strong thing that, you know, we can't not forgive other people when they upset us. We've got to forgive them because the Bible says that we need to. But we need to put on tender mercies. And that indicates to me that it's not necessarily um, something that always comes natural. So if you've got to put it on, that's, I believe it's what God has placed inside us, his love inside us. When we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, he places his love in us. And he places his love in us so that we can love other people the way he wants us to. Because in our natural self, we can't. In our natural being, before we accepted Jesus as our Savior... In our natural self, we can't love the unlovely. We can't necessarily forgive people that hurt us. But when you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, there's that love that he places inside that enables you to love others with his love, with his compassion. You know, when we do wrong, he longs for us to come to him. I thank God that when I do wrong, I can just say, God, I'm so sorry. I've blown it. Would you forgive me? And I know that he does. You know, and, and I, I may myself condemn myself and think, you shouldn't have done that. Why'd you do it? And this, that, and the other. But I know that the Bible says there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. So as soon as, I, as I've confessed it to God, as soon as I've given it to God, he says, that's fine. I sent Jesus for that. That's fine. I forgive everything. It's all dealt with. I want to read this, this scripture to you because I think this is really, really beautiful. It's in Malik, uh, Micah 7, 18 to 20. Now, I don't normally read the message. I, I like the way the message is put. It's not necessarily a Bible as such. It's a, 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 like, almost like a story, isn't it? That kind of. But this, and I looked up this in the message. I thought, wow, this really brings to life this scripture. And I want to read it to you. Where is, the God, where is the God who can compare with you? Wiping the slate clean of guilt, turning a blind eye, a deaf ear, to the past sins of purged and precious people. You don't nurse your anger, and you don't stay angry long. For mercy is your speciality. That's what you love most. And compassion is on its way to us. You'll stamp out our wrongdoing, and you'll sink our sins to the bottom of the ocean. You know, I believe God was trying to emphasize his immense compassion for us by showing us that, I don't know if you've ever watched any nature programs, and apparently they can't get down to the very deepest of the ocean because they're 
whatever it is they go in, it would just crush. The weight of the water, it's too deep. It's too dark. It's just too deep. There's no way they can get down. So they actually don't know what's at the bottom, right at the very bottom of the very deepest sea. Well, God is saying, I'll sink your sins right there. So everything we do, everything we're going to do, that's where he's, when, he died, when Jesus died on the cross, he took the penalty, and that's what he t- said he would do. That actually it's all sunk to the bottom of the sea. You imagine being on a boat, going to the middle of the sea, the deepest part, and you drop something down in there. Something heavy, obviously, goes right down to the bottom. You're not going to find it. One, you can't get down there. Physically, you cannot get down there. But you're not going to find it. It's too deep. It's too vast. That's what God is saying. Your sins and the sins of all those out there have been thrown away into the deepest sea. Never, never to be brought up again. And I love this because God says, I'll never remember those bad things you do. When you've confessed them, that is it. It's done with. It's over with. I've, I've dealt with it at the cross. I will never bring that up again. And God wants us to have that heart of compassion too. He wants when someone does us wrong, that we say, I will never hold that against you again. I will never bring that up again, ever. Because as far as we're concerned, we should have an attitude the same as God. Because he's put his love inside us that those things should be sunk to the bottom of the sea where they can never be retrieved. Oh, how God wants us to remember his great love and compassion, that tender mercy in wiping the slate clean for us. No matter who, who you are, no matter what you've done, his heart of love is absolute. You know, I don't know, there's probably many of, many of you here that you've had times when you you know, especially times when we're singing here, it's, it's lovely and, you know, you can get into the whole feel of the, the loveliness of God. But when, when times when you're at home and you're spending time with God and you just know he's drawn close, you just know because there's an overwhelming sense of his love inside. There's an overwhelming sense of his presence. You know, some of you, it may just bring an absolute smile on your heart. Others, it may just draw you to your knees in floods of tears because of the awesomeness of God. But when God draws close and you experience that love, there's nothing like it. There's nothing like it. Jeff knows we were talking about this the other day, weren't we? That my time with God is very first thing in the morning before I even get out of bed. That's when I want my time with God because I... I know I can give him my all. I'm, I'm not up. I'm not distracted by other things. I sit there and I focus on God and I spend time with him. And that's my time. And then I feel like I'm ready for the day. But if I had my time with him. But it doesn't end there. Go through the day when we talking to him. I want each one of us to know more than ever before the tender mercy of the love of God in our hearts, in our daily living experiencing his love draw near, experiencing him in every area of our lives. But I also want us to take hold of that love that he has placed inside us so that we not only can forgive those who have hurt us with a genuine forgiveness, but we can also love them 
absolutely love them. Love them as they would say the unlovable. They're not the unlovable to God. And they should never be the unlovable to us either. Because we've got God's love inside us. And I encourage us. Let's make a decision to really pull on that mercy of God, that absolute tender heart that God has for us, that will climb up every wall, that, and what, knock down every wall, he'll climb up every mountain, he'll, he'll light up every shadow, and he'll tear down every lie, he'll go anywhere and do anything to save and to touch someone's life, to get to them. He will not stop at anything. That's, it says, the reckless heart of God, and that is his heart. He will do anything because he's desperate for you to be his child. He's desperate for you to experience him in a way that is so incredibly close. To know him as a father. You know, my parents moved to America. Oh, I was 24 when they moved to America. I was devastated when my parents moved to America. Being honest, I was absolutely devastated. They, they, were, my, they were my family. I saw them every week. It was lovely. And I was devastated. But one thing God taught me in that journey was that he's more important, understand what I'm saying, he's more important than my family, my mum and dad. And actually he can fulfill something inside me that my mum and dad, my natural mum and dad, could not fulfill because they were too far away. God became more real to me because of the situation that I was then facing. I couldn't be close. At the time, I wasn't on, we weren't on the phone, were we? So I couldn't have that closeness with them either. It was a letter and that was it. But God drew close to me and I learned to have him as my heavenly father and he's been everything to me. And just like he is for all of us, he wants that out there. Let us go through our week seeing who we can have compassion on. Let's go on up through our week seeing who we can show love to. And let's make a determination in our heart to make sure that we follow God's word. And where we need to forgive, we absolutely do that with an absolute, yes, that's your heart, God, it's my heart. Do you know how releasing it is? It is so releasing when we give it all to God and say, I'm not going to let that hold my life any longer. has no right. You know, I love the example Jeff used where, you know, it's like that pulling back. I've experienced that. I know what that's like. I know what it is. You try to move on and then you're pulled back and, and it's a horrible thing. But once you've severed that thing by saying, this is it, no more, I've had enough, it's over, I've chosen to forgive, you're released. Let's have that heart of compassion. Let's have that heart of love. Jeff in the minute is going to come and do the prayer of salvation if anyone wants to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. But I just want to pray first. And... I just want to pray for you all this morning. Father, I just pray for all, all the people here, Lord, the young, the old. Lord, I just pray, Lord, even those who may listen to this word. Father, what you have put in my heart, what you have revealed to me as I was studying this, I pray, Lord, even if I've not been able to put it across the way that you want it to come across, I pray that, that you will drop it in their hearts. Drop it in their hearts, the love you have for them. Drop it in their hearts, the compassion and the tender mercies that will, Lord, just, you're reckless. You will just go and chase after them. Let them know that you will chase after them. No matter what they're facing in life, let them know. 
that you are absolutely for them and with them. And I thank you that each one this week, and as they go through their journey of life, will experience your love inside them. Lord, will know what it is to put on that tender mercies and see that in expression in their lives. Lord, I thank you, each one, this day, Lord God, that this, this, this whole side of you, God, that is so beautiful, will become such a part of their lives like never before, in, in ways that they've never realized it could be. Lord, I thank you, your hand is upon everyone, every circumstance, every situation they face, that they'll be able to know that as they call upon you, you're there for them, for everything, to sort everything out, to be everything for them. In Jesus' name, I thank you. Amen.